What's up, everyone? This is another episode of the Triple Option Report podcast. And today is, is going to be a recap of what happened over the weekend. It was a very, very busy weekend, especially for pro wrestling. Uh, a lot happened. So, first off, the big thing, I already talked about this in my last episode. The first two days of the G1 Climax for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, overall, day one started out a little rough. The first, well, first match overall was fine, but the next two were not exactly up to par. But by the fourth match, Shota Umino versus Ren Narita. Two of those three musketeers I talked about, the new up-and-coming uh, wrestlers, eight showcase they knocked out the park in their first ever G1 match ever it, it was a draw it was one of the three best matches of the entire first two days clearly uh so I'd say overall another one obviously was a uh uh Kaido Kiyomiya versus Yodasuchi that was a great match really good match uh I would say uh Kiyomiya Kiyomiya he definitely saw some doubters. Having him win? Wow, when we're one of their three musketeers, that, that's a pretty big move right there. I'd actually say, if you're going to go off of what happened in both days, having the two guys who aren't New Japan Pro Wrestling signed wrestlers win their first G1 matches? Wow, okay, like that, that's that's a pretty big deal. But like, overall, and, and Will Ospreay losing to Taichi. That was... I guess they're, I don't know, like, well, they look like they had Tai Chi afterwards confront Sonata, so, hey, like, I guess they're building up Tai Chi. Uh, in day two, like, it would start out a lot better, I'd say. Uh, you still had some matches that didn't go up to par, obviously, but, uh, first I want to point out, uh, the Mikey Nichols-Aaron Hanade match. That was absolutely brutal. Uh, I don't know if that was like, I guess that was planned, but they really tried to prove something. It was, I don't know how people feel about it. Uh, it, it kind of, not to say reckless, but you know, like the shoot headbutts and the bleeding and then that finisher, which looked like he landed, Aaron Hanati landed like straight on his neck with that move. That was a lot. That was a very violent match. But, uh, I, I was entertained by it, but I don't know. Like, there's some people who are like, uh, I don't know about that. Uh, the best match of the entire first two days, definitely. Eddie Kingston, Shingo Takagi. As expected. But it was a lot shorter than I thought it would be. It was only, what, 12 and a half minutes or something like that? But it was still a, a really good match. They packed in a lot in, in those 12 and a half minutes. So, like, overall, the first two days were pretty good. But, like I said in a tweet, uh... That's usually how these go. The first few days aren't the best. And as it gets later like later on in, in the tournament, like the suspense and the quality matches with it really, really improve. So keep on watching it. But me on out, it'll be not free anymore. The first two days were free to watch, but still got to pay something for New Japan uh, World. But it's a really good streaming service. They, they have a lot of great stuff on there. So it's, it's worth the money to me. Uh... Other pro wrestling, I'd say the two best matches actually happened in another promotion. Pro, pro wrestling Noah, Katsuhiko Nahajima, Nakajima, and Kento Miyayara. 
That match was insane. Like, that was, if, huh, in almost any other year, that's match of the year lock. This year has just been so loaded. Both Will Ospreay and, and, and Kenny Omega matches. And the MJF, Brian Danielson match were just some of the greatest matches I've ever seen. So this is like a, a crazy year for like top end match quality. If it weren't, if it was, if it was any other year, if it was last year, I think that's match of the year. But this year is just so loaded. I don't know. It's still up there. It's definitely at least top four. Like that was just an insane match. It, it was from the get go to the very end. Like nothing but action. That was amazing. Uh, the whole Noah show was really good too. So like props to Pro Wrestling Noah. They've had a pretty much like a, a I say a bounce back year for them. It's been from the Taichi Mudo retirement uh, show and this. They've had the New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling joint shows they've had. They've had a really good year. So so props to them. And also, the other great match came during AW Collision on Saturday nights on TNT. 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, first off, this is the best episode they ever had up to this, up to this point. The, the Owen tournament was great. CM Punk and Ricky Starks was a really good match. Uh, it started kind of slow. But at the end, like I, say, I, I thought the last five minutes of it really picked up. Like, like it, it did a really good job too. Like the ending, the ending was great. I thought, and the crowd, insane. The whole night, the crowd was crazy. Uh, Will Nightingale Ruby Soho. I liked the match. Uh, and Will Nightingale winning, I liked that too. She's breakout year for her. Probably what breakout rest one of the contenders for breakout wrestler of the year. Definitely, she's won a lot this year. And uh, Ruby Soho again. This is what her third or fourth major women's tournament that she's lost in the finals in for AEW already. You could really make a story out of that. I mean, I think they already are, but uh, okay. And, and then there's FTR in, in, in versus Jay White and Juice Robinson. That two out of three falls match. That match was my other huge like match of the year contender that happened this weekend. You know, they said that uh Dave Meltzer said this is the best, like, televised uh, tag team match that AEW has ever had. And I agree. This was an insane match. It, again, in almost any other year. If this was last year, this match, Katsuhiko Nakajima versus Kento Miyahara, those two matches would be, like, last year tied with, uh, I'd say, FTR versus the Briscoe Brothers for, like, match of the year last year. Clearly. Like, the last one, the, the, the dog collar match. Tag team match. But this year, like, it's just, those top three matches are just so insane. But it's still up there. I mean, that, that's probably my top five. Are those five matches right there. Like, just, just amazing. Honestly. It's a tag team match of the year. And, and also this play, uh, Triple Mania 31. Uh, the show itself was kind of a, a mess, honestly. It wasn't as good as some of the other Triple Mania match shows I, I, I've watched. But I would say uh, QT Marshall versus Pentel uh, Ciro uh, Miedo. I did not see that was a Pentagon Jr. In Mex in uh, C in AAA, 
But I, I did not see that match. I mean, wow. Okay, that was outstanding. I thought that was really fun and entertaining. And QT Marshall won. Okay. And, and then Kenny Omega versus El Hijo Del Vikingo. Again, as you expect, it was a phenomenal match. And match of the night. Uh, just for AAA. Just amazing. This is an insane night overall. And it's crazy thing is that there's other shows that are also really good. Uh, TJPW and, and, and Dragon Gate and Impact and Sendai Girls and other wrestling promotions had uh, uh, big events that happened that were successes as, as well. Like that same week, this previous weekend. Like that, a lot happened in pro wrestling this weekend. A lot. And we still have a lot to go. I mean, you still got blood and guts. You still got uh, the Wembley show for AEW. You still got, uh, uh, for Noah, the N1 the, uh, tournament. You still got the rest of G1 Climbs for New Japan. And TJPW and, and, and Stardom and all these other promotions. There's a lot going on. So, uh, yeah. This is going to be an all-time year for pro wrestling, I think. Okay, and uh, now, I, another big thing that happened over the weekend, like I said, it's been a packed one. Uh, in comic books, Miss Marvel, like I said, I thought they'd bring her back probably soon after a pointless death, and they did. She's back already with a new comic. As I don't know if she's a mutant or not, but it's called Miss Marvel the New Mutant. Okay. Um. Now this is kind of weird. Like I'm happy that she's back. That's great. Awesome. She's she's back as a new mutant. That's a little concerning. Like please don't do the MCU synergy thing. I will say like. At least the uniform looks nice. And then it's kind of an easy, uh, easy move there because her colors already match the actual, like, new mutant colors. Traditional ones, like, what, the blue, gold, and then your red. That's literally her colors. So, like, no mess up there, I guess. But it's written by, uh, it's going to be written by, co-written, actually, by uh, Sabir Perzada, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and Iman Vellani, who is... The actress for Miss Marvel in the MCU. So that's interesting. And one thing she did say about this whole thing about, uh, oh, she's going to stay an inhuman or she's going to go and uh, reboot her as a mutant. Apparently, uh, she said that's part, like, in regards to, like, uh, her being a mutant, she says uh, her inhuman origin won't be retconned. Like she said in quotes, apparently, that's a part of Kamala's identity that Marvel and myself are very much like to keep and protect. So maybe she will stay an inhuman. Or she starts out as an inhuman and turns to a mutant? I don't know what's up. Or maybe she just joins the mutants as an inhuman out of solidarity? Okay. Like, whatever happens, you know, it is what it is at this point, right? I've already talked about this enough uh, before in earlier episodes, so it is what it is. I'm just. Hopefully, they don't do too much. Also, the Emmys. The, the nominations for the Emmys came out. And, and no surprises here, a Succession has most nominations. Like, they've dominated the Emmys for the last couple, what, two, three years now at this point. And kind of expected to dominate it, honestly. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Kind of, kind of deserved. I watched a lot of shows this year. Succession was the best. Clearly, to me. Like, yeah. The acting, the writing, everything was, to me, outstanding. And I heard some people say that this is, what, the worst season? Okay. 
uh, I, I guess. I don't... What, the first three were already amazing, right? So, like, if the, if the fourth one's the worst, what, okay, it's less amazing? <laughs> like, every season was really good for for Succession. Like, like, it's very hard to have every season for a show be phenomenal. But, yeah, that was the case for this. So, I don't see a problem with them still dominating. Uh, The White Lotus and Beef, Ted Lasso, that one was a little confusing. Because Ted Lasso's last season was a little... It was, it was the worst, and not, like, in a good way. It was kind of okay. Barry, the bear, uh, yeah, Alabama, Abbott, ooh, Abbott Elementary, Better Call Saul, like, The Last of Us, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, hey, that's my mom's favorite show. Uh, yeah, they, like, like, overall, I was pretty cool with a lot of these nominations, for the most part. Uh, I thought Ted Lasso got a little too many for what they put out recently, but, hey, like, it is what it is. Uh, I would say, though, one weird thing, which I can't really blame Demi's for. This is more the, 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 the status of, like, television as it is. The absolute domination by streaming services. And, like, and in cable. HBO, Apple TV+, Amazon Prime Video, FX, Netflix, uh, Hulu, Disney+. Plus. You had to wait until Saturday Night Live had the most uh, nominations of any, like, uh, as they call it, broadcast TV network programs. And followed immediately by Abbott Elementary. And then you have a massive fall off. What, they had, what, Saturday Night Live had nine, Abbott Elementary had eight. After that, you had to wait till, ooh, wow. Till five with Fox and NBC, with Carol Burnett, 90 years of love, laughter, and love, and the Apple Music Super Bowl halftime show starring Rihanna. Both probably for production reasons, I'd assume. That that is a uh, wow. All right, that that's saying something, isn't that? So like the only like original programming that actually like. That's like an actually like you know not like a sketch series but like an, an actual series like some like a sitcom that had a good amount of nominations this year was Abbott Elementary, which honestly doesn't surprise me. But they've been they've been kind of carrying sitcoms and uh, broadcast TV on their back for like the last two years. It seems like almost that's concerning. The lack of impact that broadcast TV networks have now on uh, when it comes to new programs. These last couple of years is definitely showing, and and like the lack of sitcoms is showing. So I don't know what this says about like the future of TV. I, I still think sitcoms can be a thing. Like we kind of forget. Uh, I grew up with stuff like The Office and all that. NBC had a, a full four show run there every Thursday night, right? The Office, Community, uh, Thirty Rock, Parks and Rec, back to back to back. And now all, all of a sudden it's just Abbott Elementary that's left. And they're a good show. It's a really good show. But like I said, like it's it's literally carrying that entire, uh, 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 what, uh, subgenre of a show, right? On their back. That's that's very concerning. So I don't know what, like in, in like we're almost in twenty twenty four. We're halfway through twenty twenty three. So it's not like we're at the very beginning of the decade. 
So I don't know what this holds for the future of TV. I'll, I'll just say that. And even with these shows that aren't uh, sitcoms or on broadcast TV, a lot of these are now under like the same uh, few production companies. It's not like they're all in different companies like and then going to different channels. No, we're all in the same group. So that's a little interesting. Uh, I'll just say that. Like, It's very interesting what's going to happen to the future of TV. I'll just say that. Especially with what's happening out with all the strikes. I, I really don't know what's going to happen now. And regarding the strikes, like, first off, support them absolutely. I support all these strikes that are happening throughout this country. Uh, Waffle House and, and, and UPS and now with uh, Screen Actors Guild and, and, and writers and actors not absolutely deserve to, to strike. They deserve their fair pay. Absolutely. Everyone does. But, like, uh, in regards to that, I wanted to talk about it, but I feel like it deserves a, a whole segment to to itself, honestly. Like, not just like a, a quick three to five minutes, no. At least 10 to 15 minutes to talk about this. Now, on to sports. Uh, first off, Wimbledon. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz and, and Novak Djokovic. Uh, first off, congrats to Carlos Alcaraz. He's actually the first, if I'm correct, I believe he's the first man not named Federer Nadal Jokovic or Andy Murray to win the Wimbledon singles men since 2002. More than 20 years. Shows you the dominance those four men had over men's tennis, honestly, during that span. Which, yeah, they they did because they're well, almost... They're not the only four I've seen. Obviously, I, I, I know a lot more than that, but those are the main, the four main guys for like the last 20 years, honestly. So, and from what I've heard, this man's the real deal. Like, he could be the next big thing. Like, how Jokovic talked about him after the match. So he has a little bit of of, of him and, and Federer and Nadal, but like all the best parts on the one. This guy could be the next big dominant guy in men's tennis for the next few years, just like these guys were. Like, Jokovic has been around as long as, what, the late 2000s. Uh, Nadal, he's been around since, what, the early 2000s. Federer. Longer than that. Like, I've seen those three guys dominate tennis for since I was a, a little kid. As long as I can remember, uh, remember honestly. So, seeing uh, Carlos come in and I guess he's going to do the same thing they did. Right? Next 10 years there is, I guess. And as for the women's side, Marketa Van Drusova from the uh, Czech Republic. The third woman from the Czech Republic to, to win. And, and again, unseated though, and to see how dominant she was too. Wow, like an, an unseated person, not only to win but to dominate their ways is, is pretty shocking. And then you know, congrats to, to the runner-up on Shabor. It would have been really awesome if, if, if she won because again, she's of African descent. That would have been really cool. But you know, congrats again to to Marketa. Marquetta, she was a dominant force despite being an underdog the entire way. So happy for her. And uh, also the Diamond League happened. This is a less talked about Diamond League because, again, people are preparing for the world titles that are happening later on in the year. So not a lot of your top names are going to be in this one. But there are still some top names. And, and despite that, some surprising upsets. It was in... Uh, Talisia Poland, it was the Camilla Solombowska Memorial. A lot of upsets. Women's former Demir Dash, 
Crazy upset. Men's 100 meter dash. Crazy upset. Men's 110 meter hurdles. Crazy upset. But the biggest upset to me, at least most talked about one, was in the women's 100, which I don't know if you really want to call it an upset, but I guess you can on, on, because of like accomplishments. But like what they're, what they're both doing this year, times wise, not really that big of an upset, but still. Shikari Richardson. Shikari Richardson beats Sharika Jackson and the women's 100 meter dash. And she didn't just like beat her, she ran her down, which is pretty. That's pretty insane when you think about it, because Shrika Jackson is more known for her second half than, than her starts. And she's a former quarter mile runner and a great one at that. And the best 200 meter runner in the whole game, along with what, maybe Gabby Thomas is like probably the only one who can even hang with her. But yeah, like a, what, a 10.76 or 10.78. Whoa, wow, that was fast. And, and like I said, running her down. Shikari was always a, a better, like a phenomenal elite second half runner. It's just that her starts were always so rough, right? She's really improved on her starts all year. And it shows. Like, I'm not saying she's going to win gold, but like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if she did win gold in the women's 100. So that's legit. She's a legit contender. This ain't talk. This is not the same woman who got embarrassed at, at, at uh, in Eugene, uh, what, a couple years ago? No. This is a totally different woman now. So watch out. And, and next year is the Olympics. So again, if she wins, she's going to be one of the favorites for that one too. Some other things that happen in sports. Uh, in boxing, uh, Frank Martin is a young prospect. Looked really good. So congrats to him. And uh, Alicia Bumgarner, again, one of the best women's boxers in, in, in the game right now. She looked great. So we're happy for both of them. Uh, and one thing I didn't talk about earlier in the episode that I kind of should have talked about more is uh, this thing is that Adult Swim just advertised on Twitter today that they talked about in the past, and I think I've talked about too. Uh, the 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 Sheckard Pass thing. It's like going to be like a, a, what, a, a time slot when the Adult Swim goes to 6 o'clock whatever that is what an hour-long time slot that's gonna like show old stuff from like uh, the the powerhouse era and, and whatnot. Whatnot. Apparently, it looks like there might be five o'clock p.m. now, so a two-hour slot from five to seven that's gonna show like nothing but powerhouse era cartoons and stuff like that, like from like ninety-seven to two thousand four, which is my childhood. That's stuff I remember watching as a kid on Cartoon Network. So I'll be loving that. But it's interesting, though, because now it's two hours, and also the whole concept. Cartoon Network's only going uh, to exist until 5 o'clock p.m., and then it's adult sometime. Like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just make a whole new channel altogether about this stuff. Or just, be, like, becomes a majority adult swim in less Cartoon Network. Like, that, that seems almost inevitable, honestly, at this point. But yeah, like, uh, that's it for today. A pretty quick episode. Uh, just a recap of, of what happened over the weekend. Uh, my big time pick. Uh, la my last one, I got correct. I said the Las Vegas Aces are going to dominate the LA Sparks. Not really that surprising. By what, 15 at least? They won by 19. 97 to 78. So, yeah. Uh, this episode, my big time pick, not a lot going on. Uh, again, I'll stick with baseball. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with my favorite, my favorite team. I'm a big Detroit Tigers fan. Born in Michigan, so yeah. I'm a go blue in all Detroit teams. Uh, I got the Tigers being the Royals. 
because the Royals are awful, and that's an easy win for the Tigers. So yeah, that's my big time pick, and that's it for today. Uh, again, you can follow me on Twitter. It's Pulliam P U L L I A M underscore Blake, all letter, lowercase. Uh, you can follow me on on, on Threads, Blake Pulliam One, all lowercase, and please subscribe. Please download and please share. Share to your friends, family, whoever. Get get this thing bigger and, and better every single episode, right? And tune in on Wednesday and Friday because we have some special stuff going on this week. Because remember, you never know what I'm going to talk about next. So that's it for today. I'll see y'all again on Wednesday. Bye, y'all.